Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The debut episode of the Bears Talk Underground is presented by MyBookie.com. You know, guys, ever since I started the podcast, people have always asked me who, for, for advice on, 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 on betting and, and things like that. I've never been much of a gambler, uh, you know, so my, off, my advice has always been limited. And, and the truth is, I don't know any better than anybody else, which is to say that I don't. But if you think you know, you got to check out MyBookie.com. Remember, who you're betting with is just as important as who you're betting on. You got to go to the right site. That's why I always tell people you want to go with my bookie. Trust me, they're the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. Join my bookie right now, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code. I have a promo code, promo code guys. Bears100. Use the promo code Bears100 to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Bears100 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.com. This week on the Bears Talk Underground, the most anticipated week one in Chicago Bear history is finally upon us when our beloved invade Lambeau Field with our brand new head coach and all of our shiny new weapons to do battle with the Packers on Sunday night football. Can the Bears meet our expectations or are they just too high? My good friend Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company joins me on the week one debut episode of None Other Than. The Bears Talk Underground. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. Brand new show name. Brand new show intro. Same awesome host. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the week one preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Welcome to the Bears Talk Underground. want to thank the 35 black band for the you for letting them use us or letting us letting us use that uh fantastic song called hello um as our brand new intro song uh we'll also have a couple of other selections including our outro song hatfield illinois and um got another song uh, in here uh, molly is the name of the song or molly molly's something like that <laughs> I should probably know that. I will. Don't worry. But um, going to be our uh, in-between song, if you will. Evan Western from Acme Packing Company going to be joining us to have a conversation about the Bears and the Packers. Might have a little conversation about some recent acquisitions and how that changes perception of our beloved, if it does uh, at all, for any Packer fans. One thing that I noticed almost immediately on Saturday when the trade went through was how many Packer fans were brushing it off. 
whether it be uh, bitterness that the, that they didn't pull the trade off or, uh, you know, that they'd have to face Khalil Mack or, or anything like that. Uh, there are a lot of Packer fans out there that are treating this trade like it's no big deal because Khalil Mack went to the Bears. And, of course, the Bears suck. So why are we worried about it? I saw a ton of tweets like that. And I hope that on Sunday those people will be eating their words when Khalil Mack sacks Aaron Rodgers about 78 times. So, I mean, that would be very nice to see something like that happen. But um, nonetheless, here we are, our brand new home with the All-American, uh, the Armchair All-Americans and the Armchair uh, Media uh, Network. We got sponsors at mybookie.com. And you know what's crazy is that, you know, I, I – um, have been hearing my bookie ads literally everywhere. I mean, I, I um, sit at my desk in my, compu- in my computer all day long, and uh, I do a lot of uh, clerical stuff, order entry, you know, that kind of thing. It's uh, kind of mind-numbing work, or it can be. It's very tedious and, and things like that. So I, I have the freedom to listen to music or whatever, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I've been hearing my bookie everywhere. I mean, everywhere, every podcast that I listen to, and there are about a half dozen or so that I listen to throughout the week uh, at work, my bookie is everywhere. So these guys are legit. So give them a, uh, give them a try if, uh, if you like the online gambling uh, thing. So um, lots to talk about. Duh. And um, very excited uh, about, this, uh, about this game on, on Sunday. Uh, when I talk to Evan, I'm sure going to mention Basically, like the, one of the reasons, I mean, I was practically, I was so excited, so giddy with anticipation for this game because we finally get to see the team play uh, on, on Sunday night. Adding Khalil Mack to the mix just has me absolutely frothing at the mouth because we finally get to see the team play. I mean, Matt Nagy has done nothing if not tease the Bear fan base throughout the preseason. We got to see them briefly in the game against Denver. Uh, We didn't get to see them at all against Kansas City. And then, you know, Buffalo, obviously nobody played. We didn't get to see him play against the Ravens. There was a series against Cincinnati. We have very little. I mean, and not only do our opponents have little to no tape on what the 2018 Bears looks like, Bear fans don't really know what the 2018 bear, but the 2018 bears uh, are going to look like. So, if no other reason, that is why I'm excited to see the team play uh, on Sunday. And as as uh, we'll find out from uh, from Evan, is uh, how much have the Packers? I mean, is this something? Is this somewhat of a a league wide trend, or is you know something that's trending uh, towards that? How much did Aaron Rodgers play throughout the? Uh, the preseason and 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 all the rest of that stuff i mean is are i know the bears weren't alone in how they've treated the preseason which the way that the bears did treat the season makes a really great case for shortening uh the preseason that's for sure you know let them play that first game and then game two you you, you do your evaluations of your of your rookies and your undrafted free agents and 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 whatnot and just get it out get out of the way and get to the get to the season uh and whatnot there have been a lot of articles about that this year as well but um Nonetheless, 
Super excited to finally get this team on the field and uh, see what uh, see what the 2018 Bears have in store. Now, week one is a terrible barometer for how the season is going to go. You guys have heard me tell the story a thousand times about the 96 Bears when uh, they, they acquired Brian Cox. We're starting the season Monday night football against the defending world champion Dallas Cowboys. You know, Dave Wanstad against his old team. We go out there and we took the Cowboys to the woodshed. I mean, absolutely dominated and beat the crap out of Dallas, the defending world champions. And we thought man, the Bears are on their way. And I think maybe the Bears won six games the whole year uh, that year. Don't get excited about week one. If we go out and beat the tar out of Green Bay, that will be fantastic. That'll be something we can hang our hats on, something that we can build on. Does it mean we're going to be world champions this year? Absolutely not. Um, it, it also doesn't mean we're going to go 0-16 if we lose uh, the game. So week one is, is just about getting the season started, getting, it, getting the game, getting the season going. You know, seeing your players out there for the first time playing real football uh, against uh, the best that, that our opponents have to offer and getting down to it. So if we go out there and win that game 45 to nothing uh, on Sunday, that would be great. But I don't want anybody talking about world championships when we're 1-0 and and we've got 15 games left to go. So let's all just be cool no matter what happens uh, on Sunday. So... Uh, tons of stuff to talk about uh, in my, my news and notes section. Um, lots of moves made by the Bears, or at least there has been since the last time we talked on uh, Saturday or Sunday, uh, whichever it was. Um, roster moves being made uh, to make room for Khalil Mack officially joining the 53-man roster. Uh, he was kind of like a, had like an exemption or something like that uh, after he got signed. Uh, the Bears had to make a couple of transactions to get him onto the roster officially. And uh, also, uh, Adam Shaheen was uh, put onto injured reserve with intent to return. So he's not done for the year, but he will miss the first eight games of the season with that foot slash ankle injury so I guess it was more serious than they thought it was when it initially occurred um I don't I haven't heard any word about surgery or anything like that but it's definitely something that he had to be put on injured reserve for now we know why the Bears carried five tight ends initially on the 53-man roster because Adam Shaheen was going to be put onto injured reserve so Burton Sims Broniker and Daniel Brown are our four tight ends going into it we also let go of um uh, Hironis Grasu, and uh, he has been uh, released uh, by the Bears to make room for defensive lineman Nick Williams, who was added uh, to the 53-man uh, roster. Uh, I read a, a tweet from Ian Rappaport, like the Bears cut former third-round pick Hironis uh, Grasu, a bit of a surprise. My first thought initially was, a surprise to who? I mean, you know, it's, it's terrible what happened with, with Grasu. He was forced into duty his rookie year in 2015. Um, started at least seven or eight games, if not more, his his rookie season because of injury. Um, had his struggles, but he's a rookie, you know, still learning the NFL game, the NFL speed, the strength of NFL players. Everybody raved about the offseason that he had between the 2015 and 2016 season. And then, of course, tragedy strikes at Family Fest, uh, right before the 2016 season, he blows out an ACL and is done for the year when we thought he was going to be our starting. He was going to be the starting center uh, that year, but instead that's when we had to force Cody Whitehair 
into uh, into duty uh, at center to replace him. And, of course, that worked out like gangbusters, and that's where Cody Whitehair is to this day. Uh, the only problem with Grasso, like we talked about uh, last week, when I thought he would be, if we when we make room for Khalil Mack, it's got to be Hironis Grasso, maybe Daniel Brown uh, or Aaron Lynch or something to be let go uh, when we add Mack into the fold. Hironis Grasso, of course, was the guy to go because he doesn't offer any versatility on the offensive line. When you're a backup, especially on the interior line, you got to be able to play both guard spots and center. Hironis Grasso's skill set only lend him to be a center, which makes him expendable. So that is why uh, he is gone. I wish him the best and, and hope things turn around for him. Um, he didn't quite get the chance that we thought he was going to get, but so is the tale of many, many football players. Um, then the Bears also announced their 10-man practice squad, uh, bringing back a lot of guys. Some of these names will be familiar to you. Uh, actually, nine of the 10 guys spent the, spent the training camp with the Bears. Uh, linebacker Josh Woods, Tanner Gentry, of course, uh, cleared waivers and got back with the Bears. Ryan Null, so everybody can calm down. He's, a, <laughs> he's on the practice squad. Uh, Michael Joseph, I was so happy to hear that he – uh, that the Bears were able to get him back on the practice squad. Uh, I just love the guy's uh, story, and I really do feel that with the way that this whole this this kid's whole life has been, he's done nothing but improve every step of the way. So, uh, you know, he was a, 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 a skinny, you know, no, <laughs> you know, hardly talented uh, high school player. Works his way up to. Division three All American. Uh, by the time he finishes college, his, his finishes college career, uh, you know, works on his body to the point where he actually has prototypical NFL size at six one, one hundred and ninety pounds. Even though he started college at like a buck thirty five, I think is what uh, what that column that I read on him said. So he put on fifty five pounds uh, throughout his four years in college. Was able to get the attention of some NFL scouts. Comes to his hometown team in Chicago. Doesn't make the 53-man roster but he cleared waivers and the Bears brought him back he's on the practice squad I hope that um, you know if if everything keeps trending the way it has been with him a year maybe two years from now Michael Joseph is going to be a player for somebody if not Chicago because the kid all the kid does is work to improve so I'm, I'm really happy to see that he'll be doing it in Chicago uh, going along, Tyler Bray, we signed him to the practice squad, so we, we do have a third quarterback on the team. Uh, defensive lineman Abdullah Anderson is back, as is running back Taquan Mazel and uh, cornerback Don, uh, Jonathan Mincy. Those are the nine guys that spent camp with the Bears. And then the 10th was an offensive lineman, James Stone, uh, was initially with the Atlanta Falcons, spent some time at Tampa Bay, and was with the Raiders uh, throughout the training camp process. The Bears claimed him off waivers to, or not, didn't claim him off waivers, but signed him uh, to the practice squad, making the 10-man practice squad there. So there you go. There's our 10-man practice squad. Khalil Mack, Nick Williams added to the 53-man roster, Adam Shaheen to the short-term IR, and Hironis Grasso shown out of town, unfortunately. So there you go. Those are the 53 that we're riding with now. And speaking of Khalil Mack, I have an interesting story. You guys remember I've, I've told a story more than once about how I um, was the color announcer, the John Madden, if you will, 
of Tony Romo's last college football game. It was a playoff game against my alma mater, Western Illinois University, first round of 2002 playoffs. We did our own student-run productions of those games. That was before ESPN3 started broadcasting everything. Um, we called that game. My buddy Ryan Simmons and I were the announced team calling Tony Romo's final college football game. It also happens that my buddy Ryan Simmons and I were in attendance to see Khalil Mack play at the University of Buffalo in 2011, which would have been Mack's sophomore year. Um, It just so happens that the head coach of Western Illinois was now an assistant at the University of Buffalo. Uh, We got in touch with him because Simmons is a huge Colts fan, had season tickets. We were actually going to a Colts game that weekend, and we heard that Coach Patterson and the University of Buffalo were going to be in Indiana playing Ball State. So we called in touch and called and got in touch with him, let him know that we're thinking of coming to the game. He ended up comping us. So we got into the game uh, for free, sat in the visitor section where the Ball State fans were. It was an awesome football game. I mean, back and forth, down to the final play, an amazing, awesome uh, football game. And little did my buddy and I know we were watching one of the best future players in the, in the NFL um, playing that game. I mean, he had like three or four tackles uh, in that game. My buddy read me the stat line the other day. It was kind of crazy um, that we were in attendance to see Khalil Mack before he became Khalil Mack. So, you know, only two years later was he you know, becoming a, a first-team All-American and, and possibly the number one pick in the draft if Houston had picked him instead of Jadavian Clowney in the 2014 draft. Um, but instead he goes to the Raiders at number five, and of course now he's with our beloved Chicago Bears. But little did I know, I actually got a chance to see Khalil Mack play in 2011, his sophomore year in school, in an awesome game against Ball State, which was the, uh, the Mack football conference. Uh, but it was an awesome game that we were there. We ended up losing to that game. Uh, Ball State won, so I guess we were Buffalo that time around. And um, Buffalo didn't pull it out, but it was a great experience. Got to have a chat with Coach Patterson after the game. It was great to see him for the first time in a while. And, um, you know, a great experience that I just also happened to see one of our future stars playing uh, in that football game. So that's my little Khalil Mack story was that I got to see him play and that I actually know somebody who coached him uh, in Coach Patterson. Uh, you know, the, well, he was a quarterback coach there, so he didn't directly <laughs> coach Khalil Mack, but – he would know Khalil Mack. I, I mean, that's just the way Coach Patterson is. The guy knows literally everybody. So uh, he used to be a, an assistant coach for Hayden Fry at, in, at the University of Iowa for about 20 years. So um, the guy's been around some of the more important people uh, in football. So that's my little uh, Khalil Mack story. So, and that's basically all I got. You know, those, those are the, the news and notes uh, that I have. Goodbye to Hironis Grasso. Get well soon to Adam Shaheen, welcoming Khalil Mack and Nick Williams to the 53-man roster and our 10-man practice squad, which brought back a lot of the guys that were stars, if you will, uh, of the preseason, like Ryan Null, Michael Joseph, Tanner Gentry. Uh, oh, and I forgot Dijon Allen. I, I, I skipped right over him, an offensive lineman. He is also on the 10-man practice squad uh, as well. So now we're going to go ahead and move on uh, to our interview uh, with 
Evan Western of Acme Packing Company. So some things change, but others stay the same. Our, our good friend uh, Evan, despite his nasty allegiance to the absolute wrong team, uh, still a great guy and love having him uh, on the show. Something that I'm going to talk to him uh, about is a little something that I noticed today. It just kind of dawned on me as I was driving uh, to work about how Ryan Pace and his aggressiveness has basically beaten the Packers in at every turn that that I noticed anyway like basically some 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 moves that Green Bay wanted to make or rumored to have wanted to make Ryan Pace was the aggressor and made sure that it didn't happen if for no other reason than to make sure that Green Bay didn't we had Vic Fangio that he was rumored to be a replacement for Dom Capers Pace and, and, and Nagy put a stop to that. Allen Robinson was initially a target of the Green Bay Packers, or at least rumored to be interested in Green Bay. We signed him to, to, you know, Pace signs him in Chicago. The whole Kyle Fuller saga, the offer sheet Green Bay signed, or that he signed with Green Bay, matched by Ryan Pace to make sure that he doesn't go there. And then, of course, the, the top two destinations that every expert was talking about as far as the destination for Khalil Mack, if Oakland pulled the trigger on a trade was, of course, Green Bay and Chicago. And Ryan Pace made sure that it was us and not them. So I want to talk to Evan and get his thoughts on, you know, basically, for lack of a better term, Ryan Pace winning the offseason against Green Bay. He went undefeated against Green Bay in the offseason. His thoughts on that uh, and everything else in between, the Packers in the preseason and so much, uh, so much more. But before that, real quick, make sure, guys – you know, my bookie, it's a sponsor. I love, I have a sponsor guys. How awesome, uh, is this, you know, and, and again, join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Uh, visit my bookie online today, my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code bears 100. How awesome is it that I have a promo code? I, I listen to podcasts all the time. I get to hear it over time. Yeah. Put this promo code in there. I got a promo code. How cool is that? Bears 100 when creating your account to claim up a thousand dollars in free, uh, free play. So you play, you win, you get paid at mybookie.com. And I think it's so awesome that I have an, a sponsor uh, for the show. And I want to thank uh, Andrew Stevens and the Armchair All-Americans for, for bringing me in. I mean, I'm just tickled pink that this is all happening. You know, I mean, it's just beginning. The possibilities are endless, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Happy that you're here with me. And with that said, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our good friend Evan Western from Acme Packing Company to help us preview Week 1 Bears Packers. <laughs> Week one of the 2018 NFL season, the marquee matchup of the first day of the season on Sunday, Sunday night football, Bears, Packers at Lambeau. And of course, to help me preview this, who else would I have as my first guest under the Bears Talk Underground banner, but Evan Western from Acme Packing Company. Evan, how are we doing, man? Welcome to Bears Talk Underground. I am pleased to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on once again. And um yeah, I'm I'm just ready for Sunday night, man. This is this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fireworks between our two teams. Well, not necessarily between <laughs> them, but surrounding our two teams just in the last seven days. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I mean, was it Wednesday or Thursday that Aaron Rodgers signed his brand new extension, securing his future in Green Bay? And then, of course, 48 hours later, the Bears kind of made some headlines on Saturday with this deal from 
with some guy that they had on Saturday. Just that, a bit. Yeah, it was only the the only thing that anyone talked about on Saturday, even though it was college football's you know week one for themselves. The Khalil Mack mm-hmm. trade dominated the headlines, which. We as Bear fans, just we never see that. So it was quite a quite a thrill to, to see that. But, um, you know, I mean, it's been crazy this entire offseason. Uh, I mean, we thought – I thought that as a Bears fan, I was excited for week one before Saturday. <laughs> now I'm actually frothing at the mouth. And not so much because I'm sure the Bears are going to destroy Green Bay or anything like that, but just because, Evan, I can't wait to see this team play. Because for the most part – Nagy has given us none of them during the preseason. So we even as Bear fans, after five preseason games, still have no idea what kind of product the Bears are going to put on the field Sunday night. Yeah, and honestly, you know, Packers fans aren't too far off from that either. Um, You only got Aaron Rodgers for one drive in the second game in the preseason. Um, You know, most of the starting defense has been held out for for most of this last month so you know and and mike Pettin's thrown a few little wrinkles out there but i think more than anything else i think packers fans are excited to see what his defense looks like after you know all these years of dom capers um you know it's it's exciting to to see some of the inklings of what Pettin's going to do and, and to really put it into effect on sunday so what what um you know what? What did you get to see? You know, I mean, did you get to because you because you got Joe Philbin back, so you're supposedly he's going to be calling the plays instead of McCarthy this year, right? Well, no, McCarthy still calls the plays. Oh, Philbin, okay. Yeah, Philbin does um, a whole lot of the game planning though, and and honestly, Philbin is, um, you know, he's he's a really creative offensive mind. Um, it's just that the the play calling didn't go so well for him down in in Miami, and I think he he's always been. When he was back in Green Bay before, he was a great kind of right-hand guy for McCarthy to bounce ideas off of and say, you know, no, I think this will work. I don't think this will work. And and really, you know, looking at, at the game plan and, and setting things up for the scouting the opponent. So I think that's really where his, his, uh, his presence is going to be felt is, you know, between Monday and Saturday, really getting everybody read, ready for uh, the next opponent on Sunday. So when when is Mike McCarthy going to make up his mind about whether or not? Because I know that he's given up play calling control at least once that I can remember, and then he's taken it back. I mean, has it been more than once that he's given the play calling to someone else and then taken it back again? No, it really was only that one year okay. in 2015 when uh, when he he let Tom Clements take over, and then uh, that was the year. If if I'm remembering the year right, it was I, I think it was 2015, which was the year that Jordy Nelson tore his ACL. Ah. So all of a sudden, you have Nelson, you know, is out for the year. Devontae Adams was dealing with a, a bum ankle that entire season, and Randall Cobb was banged up for most of that year too. So you've got your top three receivers either out or significantly hurt. Um, and, and that really, you know, forced the, the Packers to, to, it should have forced them to get creative schematically because they had guys that weren't going to win one-on-one and it didn't, um, that's, that's not the direction they took. And so after, I think it was with about four or five games left in the season, McCarthy decided, now I need to, to take play calling duties back. They saw a little bit of a bump, but, um, but yeah, that was the only, uh, significant time that he's, he's actually given given up play calling duties for any length of time. He usually does it for the fourth preseason game for his offensive coordinator, but that's usually just about it. Right. So maybe it was maybe it was like rumors about him possibly thinking about giving it mm-hmm. away to to someone else or, or whatever. Maybe that's what I'm yep. uh, thinking of uh, when it comes to that. But um, so I mean, unfortunately, we're we're playing each other week one. So as far as talking about 
I mean, as, as guarded as both of our teams have been in the preseason about putting our starters out there, showing anything that you might actually run during the regular season uh, and what have you, there's not a whole lot for you and I to talk about as far as that uh, is concerned. So, I mean, it's, it's more about talking about hopes and expectations, you know, to tell you the truth. Right. And, um, you know, the, you and I briefly talked about this before we started recording was it was something that i noticed when i was going back and looking at you know the moves that the bears have made or more importantly ryan pace has made this year there's been more than once that ryan pace has gone head-to-head or was in competition with the packers in regard to an acquisition starting back with vic fangio at the very least he was rumored that the packers were interested in interviewing him to replace dom capers ryan pace matt Nagy, talk him into coming back so that doesn't happen during free agency, Allen Robinson, when, when it was about speculation about where he might go, Green Bay, Chicago, so on and so forth, Ryan Pace gets him to come to uh, Chicago. When it came to Kyle Fuller, the Packers went so far as to give him an offer sheet and get him to sign it. Ryan Pace matches it. And then, of course, finally this past weekend, the Khalil Mack trade, when it came to the top destinations for Khalil Mack to go to, it was Green Bay and Chicago. And the odds were in Green Bay's favor because of the two first-round picks you guys have in 2019. Ryan Pace goes super aggressive, makes it happen. Khalil Mack is playing for us instead of you guys. So you look at it, Ryan Pace is winning the head-to-head against Green Bay in the offseason. Now the trick is getting it to actually matter on the field Whereas where it's where it's truly important, it's like Ryan Pace has done the winning where it counts in the off season. Now it's time for actually the field that he's putting together for the team that he's putting together to make it matter, uh, you know, on the field. Yeah, and and I I would say that from a, a Packers fan's perspective, the fact that they're even in the conversation right now with with Brian Gutekunst as GM instead of Ted Thompson, that's a sign that that. The winds of change have arrived in Green Bay, so to sure, speak. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's there's no chance, I think, in my mind that if Thompson were still the GM, that they would have even bothered to, trying to sign Kyle Fuller to an offer sheet. Um, there, there's realistically very little chance that they would have been in on Allen Robinson. Um, and you know, you know how much Ted Thompson used to love hoarding those draft picks. I can't yeah. imagine him um, making the move to. You know, to to move back, pick up that that extra first round pick last year or uh, in, in next year's draft, like like Gudikins did on draft day, um, and then you know have the the wherewithal to to get back up and in, higher up in the first round get Jair Alexander, but then to even think about using those two picks to to acquire a player this year, I don't even think that that would have been on Thompson's radar realistically. So, from a Packers fan's perspective, the fact that they're even considering these things is a sign that. That things are changing. The Gutekunst is approaching roster construction in a way that Thompson didn't and wouldn't, and that's a good sign. Now, obviously, they didn't get the names that you that you indicated, but right. you know, look, looking at Kyle Fuller, ultimately, you know, the one one way of looking at it, I suppose, would be that well, Gutekunst got Ryan Pace to sign Fuller to a, a long term deal and eat up as much cap as Gutekunst wanted him to, sure. you know. You can you could sort of approach it that way. The the other thing that I think is important with Mac is is the fact that you know even in these last couple of days the Raiders have come out and said that the fact that um, that they expect the Packers to be drafting towards the back of the first round rather than early you know the first half of the first round is a big reason why they traded him to Chicago instead of to Green Bay. So 
Eh, I'm just saying from a, from a Packers <laughs> fan's perspective, I'm trying to I'm trying to put on the the green colored glasses here and sure. and um you know I I'll be the first to admit I'm trying to spin this a little bit, but I, I think there's there's reasons to be optimistic just in general in, you know for Packers fans with the way this offseason has gone and um I don't know that I necessarily am disappointed that I that, that the Packers lost out on on all those individuals um but again, the the fact that they were even in the conversation is is a sign that things have changed significantly. Well, you know, I, I definitely, you know, I definitely can see that from from your perspective. I mean, you know, this is your fourth season being on the show, uh, and and I remember the first, the, especially the first two, where it would talk about, <laughs> you know, talking about free agent acquisitions. Is I remember, I think it was either the twenty fifteen season or the twenty sixteen season. We were like, holy crap, you guys signed two free agents this year. I mean, how are you feeling about that, man? Is yeah. your head still spinning? You know, that kind of thing. And then, and then Gudikins is, has been, you know, making the moves. He went out and got Jimmy Graham, uh, this year and paid him a lot of money to come along and, and be out there and to give, uh, Rodgers another, uh, target and everything he got super aggressive on draft day makes that move with the saints to to acquire next year's uh first round pick uh from them and everything that is very unpacker like at least mm-hmm. for the last two decades while thompson has been running the team so i can definitely see where the air of optimism would be with you guys is that you know maybe our front office guy will you know make it come to him you know make it come to him instead of waiting for it to come to him like ted thompson uh would do so i mean it's it's been crazy uh you know to see that air of change with the the packers and also kind of crazy for us as bear fans to see how aggressive pace got over mm-hmm. over this particular you know off season and it's it's um i mean that's the thing that's just with just about everything that he's done in the off season has made us anticipate this season more and more. You know, yeah. it's like we go out and get with Nagy, and then you want the season to start just to see if this guy is the the offensive genius they're hailing him to be. Then free agency rolls around: Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel. Good God, that's a hell of a lot more than we had last year. So I can't wait to see what Trubisky can do with these guys and match them up with. You know, with uh, with with Howard and, and Cohen in the backfield, and so on and so forth. Then the draft comes around. Roquan Smith, James Daniels, give up next year's second round pick to take Anthony Miller in the second round. Holy Christ! Ryan Pace is making some moves here. And then, of course, the the cherry on top is going out and getting Khalil Mack and locking him up for the next seven years. On top of it, it was just like you know, like I said, if if you thought that I was anticipating this game before last Saturday. Just I'm I'm dying to to see this game on on Sunday, and, and like I said in the beginning, if for no other reason, just to see what this team's going to look like uh, on the field. Like this this game can't come soon enough, you know. <laughs> like it could be against anybody. I think it's awesome that it's going to be against Green Bay. I'm loving the idea about them, you know, wanting to play us on this kickoff of the 100th season of of Green Bay Packer football, regardless of what we talked about over the summer, where it could be, are the Packers biting off a little more than they can chew? Because the last time they made a request <laughs> like this was on Brett Favre night on Thanksgiving, and they end up yeah. losing that game on national TV. Never mind that. This is all about Bears-Packers week one and wanting to see what this team is going to do to, despite the way that uh, everyone's favoring the Vikings this year, the Packers are the gold standard in our division. 
Yeah, no, it's it's the the request factor there. I think is definitely you know an interesting thing to to keep in mind here this weekend. Right, like you said, um, and I I would be willing to bet that uh, that Mike McCarthy will be going and talking to his team you know before this game and and reminding them that hey don't forget what happened the last time that we asked for the Bears you know don't <laughs> don't let a repeat of that game happen when you know on Thanksgiving night a couple of years back so that'll be interesting I think the other um, the other one of the fun the interesting stories that's coming out this week about this game is boy did Akeem Hicks give the Packers some bulletin board material did especially that ever? offensive line man holy crap man saying, saying <laughs> that he doesn't think there's any chance that that the Packers can block Khalil Mack I'll I'll say this the Packers have probably the the best pair of pass blocking tackles in the entire NFL yeah um I mean obviously David Bakhtiari is an all pro he's as good as it comes on the left side Brian Balaga I'll I'll say this for him too is he suffered an ACL tear in the beginning of November last year. I don't think anybody in Green Bay expected that he would be back suiting up for week one. I figured we'd all, we all figured he'd be on the pup list, you know, sitting out for the first six weeks or so. So the fact that he's back, he, he played the last two preseason games, he's ready to go. Um, and especially with, you know, Mac likely lining up on his side, that's going to be huge for, for keeping, hopefully keeping Aaron Rodgers upright and, um, you know, and they've had they've had good success against Mac the one time they played him back in 2015. So obviously he's three years older, he's three years wiser, um, and that's gonna you know that's gonna change the equation a little bit. But um, yeah, you can bet that uh, that that Rogers and, and his offensive line are gonna want to come out and make a statement early on in that game and, and show that you know it, it doesn't matter who's out there on the on that Bears defense that they're gonna be able to move the ball and score points. So how has perception of the Bears from a Packer fan perspective changed over this particular offseason? Because all the Bears have done is build, 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 build this offseason to where they like you can't even recognize the Bears from who they were a year ago at this time. Yeah, I think the the one thing that, you know, in, in Green Bay, it's always come down to quarterback play. And sure. that's that's for for decades what we've focused on, you know, on, on our our team's roster, and you know that of the other teams. And you you got to look at this, and and as much as you'd love to to say that Nagy is going to be a quarterback whisperer, you have to still wonder. This is this team is for Chicago is only going to go as far as Mitchell Trubisky takes them, right? And so. You know, based on what we saw last year, I certainly don't have a whole lot of faith in in Trubisky taking them anywhere this year. Um, I think he's he's certainly got the skills and the potential to to get to a um, you know a, a, a high level quarterback uh, type of status. But um, you know, based on some of the the tape that we've seen from him last year, um, some of the mistakes that he made, um, it, it's going to be very interesting to see if how different a player he looks on Sunday uh, compared to what we saw from him last year. And I think that's going to be the, the really the deciding factor, um, regardless of all the other moves that Chicago's made, uh, that's going to decide you know, just how far they end up going this year. Because I've, I've, I, the reason I ask is I saw a lot of tweets like almost immediately after the trade uh, for Mac happened on Saturday is, is a lot of Packer fans kind of brushing it off. Like he'll make no, he'll be no factor, and I completely understand where you're coming from as far as the Trubisky thing is concerned. Because I remember talking to a friend of mine over the weekend, the same day that we made the trade, is that it will be a lot easier to assess the legacy of Trubisky than it was than it ever will be to to go back because you can make arguments all day long about 
Jay Cutler and his legacy in Chicago, whereas, you know, he had all the potential in the world. We, you know, we made a Khalil Mack type trade to get him uh, Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But the first few years that we had him, he had zero weapons. He had nobody. Devin Hester was his number one uh, receiver. You know, all he had was Matt Forte and hopefully Devin Hester can run a kickback for you. That was the offense for the Bears (laughs) for those first few years. Then we finally go out and get Brandon Marshall. We draft Alshon Jeffrey. We sign Martellus Bennett. The defense got old overnight, and we only and again we only had half a football team. So it's like it just never really seemed to work out for Jay Cutler. And you can make arguments about his success or his failures uh, in Chicago. It's like with Trubisky, he has everything that Jay Cutler did not. Right. He has all of the offensive weapons, like from day one, as far as like him being a full time starter. Right now in this year, he, the, you know, he had a solid defense already, and we just added arguably the best defensive player in football to further accent that, that defense. If Trubisky does not succeed, it will be because of Trubisky, not because he didn't have weapons to throw to or because the defense was terrible or anything like that. It'll be a lot easier to write the book on, on Trubisky and what went right or wrong with his career if, if he succeeds or if it's if, – you know, it'll be all depend on him – as far as you know, how it will, how the book will be written on him when it's all said and done. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, yeah, to, to echo that, I, it definitely seems like Pace has done everything he can to to put Trubisky in a position to succeed. You know, and that that starts with Nagy. That starts, you know, with with the like you said, the weapons that he's put around him this off season and 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 gotten for him. Um, and and again, you know, going going through onto onto the defense. So um, I, I hear you there, and and I, I almost feel like you know what you're saying with with Jay Cutler is a little bit similar to um, to Matt Stafford in Detroit. Sure. Um, yeah. Obviously, he had he had Calvin Johnson for a number of years, but it was basically Calvin Johnson, nobody else. Right. You know, no no running game, no defense. And, you know, we saw where that got him. Now, um, yeah, I don't I don't think they've taken a big enough step forward on defense this year either to, to really um, to contend for for the division title. So so we'll see where where Stafford and Detroit go from here. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think that's a, a real good point about Trubisky. Um, and I'm you know, maybe it's because I'm a Packers fan, but I'm I'm naturally skeptical of uh you know, of, of Chicago quarterbacks having you know great success in the NFL. So we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, like I said, he's he's got tools. He's got a good arm. He's he's mobile, um, and it's it's all going to come down to um, you know if he can develop his his decision making and and his his accuracy. You know that that's going to really determine what he, you know, what sort of trajectory he takes. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's what people are so excited about because last year he was basically doing it by himself as far as the passing game is concerned. And then, of course, it was Howard and Cohen running into a brick wall of humanity because nobody was afraid of us throwing the football uh, yeah. last year. It's like, but now you, you have to respect Allen Robinson. You have to respect Taylor Gabriel and what Trey Burton can do in the passing game. We also have Anthony Miller, who's kind of an anomaly at the moment. And if anybody was watching the Bears during the preseason – Javon Wims might be able to hurt you too. So we've got a plethora of weapons for him to throw to. So it, his he could really take a leap because he's got all this help, much like 
Jared Goff did a year ago mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles. So, I mean, the possibility is there, which is why we as Bear fans have been frothing at the mouth for this season to start even before the Khalil uh, Mac trade. So, but what I was what I was saying before, and I kind of went off on a tangent, was that I was like almost condescending the attitude of Pack fans yeah. after after we made this move for uh, Khalil Mack was that they were just brushing it off like it was no big deal. It, they're still the Bears, so of course they suck. They're not as good as the Packers, <laughs> everything. And I wanted to ask a more level headed, realistic, you know, Packer fan, you know, what your views were as far as like you know. How the how the stock rose for the Bears when you heard about the trade and adding them? Did it send any kind of shiver down your spine when you heard that you got to face Khalil Mack twice a year for the next half decade? Yeah, it 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 absolutely did, and especially when Green Bay was seemingly so close to to getting him. Right. Um, you know, both Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb made comments over the weekend that um, that they they thought they were going to wake up on Saturday and find find out that Mack was going to be a Packer. Right. Um, and, and to see you know, to see him end up not only with your biggest rival, but your biggest rival who you're playing in a little more than a week. Right. Um, that was yeah, that, that that certainly was was a little bit of a downer. But right. um, again, I think, you know, for me, it, it, it tells me that they're they're going to gamble big on um, or they're they are gambling big on getting um you know, developing Trubisky when he's under his rookie contract. And I think right. that's that's so much of of the strategy now in the NFL. I mean, the Eagles did it last year with Wentz. Um, the, and, and even going a little further back, the Seattle did it with Russell yes. Wilson. Yeah. I mean, and Wentz is a first-round pick. Russell Wilson was a third-rounder. I don't even think he was making a million dollars a season nope. when they were making those NFC Championship games and winning Super Bowls. I mean, they had bargain basement pricing on Russell Wilson when they yep. were when the sun was shining on Seattle. Yeah, so if you can find that guy and in, in his second, maybe his third year, um, you know, put the pieces around him to, um, you know, to to succeed, then you know that that gamble can can really pay off. And then obviously, eventually, you're going to have to pay the guy, and and that's going to really change the dynamic of of what you do um, in terms of of constructing your roster. So I think it's it's. As much as anything, what it tells me is it's a sign that they're all in on Trubisky, and yeah. and that really is is going to be again what I can what I keep coming back to is um, th- this isn't the NFL of you know even 2000 and and before where you right. could win with a Ravens like defense and you know Trent Dilfer at quarterback. quarterback I just don't right. I, I just don't think you can do that nowadays. Even no. though um, you know even the Philly you know had Nick obviously had Nick Foles starting last year um, down the stretch. Um, people forget how good Foles was in Philly a couple years before that, and right. you know they also had a, a a genius of an offensive mind and Doug Peterson coaching that team. So, um, yeah, you get uh, you get plus level quarterback play from a guy on his rookie contract, and and you put those pieces around him. You know that's a recipe for success nowadays. Yeah, I just hope that we can actually pull it off uh, this time. That would be that would be awesome. You know, going forward, just to actually. Not have to worry about what the Bears are going to look like <laughs> this year. It's like you know to be a Packer fan, you know for the, <laughs> for the next two mo- two decades or whatever. But like ah, we got Trubisky, we're going to be fine because because that's you know the even in you know I mean even probably had some sense of relief when Rodgers came back for that game against Carolina mm-hmm. last year. It's like well Rodgers is coming back. That means we're going to win against Carolina. I mean yeah. why wouldn't we, right? You know, and then of course unfortunately that went sideways and ended the season, but. You know, but you had that confidence going into the game. Well, Rodgers is back, so we're obviously going to be in a much better position to win. And that's a point that I would like the Bears to get to. 
you know, to think, well, Trubisky's back in the lineup. We're going to be good to go because Trubisky makes everybody around him better, which is what Aaron Rodgers does. So, I mean, it's it's amazing to see how much of a difference maker that is. That's something that uh, we hope that uh, Trubisky can be for us. I think the guy is the real deal. I, I'm, a, I'm like someone that likes to follow his gut. I never really had that feeling about Jay Cutler. There was always something that wasn't quite right with him. And I think it was the fact that, every, you know, it's something that became like the whole Smoke and Jay thing. The guy just – like, have you seen those new memes that were yes. mocking the Colin the, Kaepernick the Nike one? Oh, yes. Yeah. The Cutler, genius. The Cutler one Absolutely is the best genius. I have seen I, all week. Sure. I love it. I think it's so <laughs> funny. You know, it's like just do it or don't. I don't care. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Be, and and he, the guy could care until the day he dies, and you would never know it by looking at his face yep. because of the way he carried himself. That's Trubisky's not that guy. He's the one that he you at the very least for appearances sake, he looks like he cares and his teammates respond to that. Yep. Yeah. And the the one thing I would add on Cutler is I, I I'm not a reality show guy, but I've seen a few clips of the, the whatever the show he and his wife have this summer. Right. And it it. I love it because it reinforces that he is exactly who we thought he was. <laughs> yeah, for the guy to be a star of a reality show where he's supposed to be a supporting player. Yeah. You know, and he's the one that people are tuning in for because honestly, this guy really looks like he couldn't care less. Yep. You know, like I th- I think I saw one clip and he was basically telling his wife they was going to go to her beauty salon. Or somebody, it's like, is it right if I fire somebody when I get there? She's like, who are you going to fire? Like, I don't know, everybody. They're like, I don't care. Everyone's fired when I walk in. And, of course, they're all out inside the shop. It's like, why is Jay here? Why is Jay here? They're all, like, panicking because he's coming in and everything. It's like, that's just great. That's so funny. But, uh, you know, for the guy to, to, to still be himself and for people to just fall over themselves laughing at the way that this guy is, um, you know, and you know he's not acting. Because that's yeah. all anybody's talked about him uh, his whole time in Chicago is like how he doesn't look like he cares uh, and all the rest of that. So I, I think it's hilarious that uh, <laughs> that yep. he's, he's finding his way to reality TV star after he uh, – on accident too because you know he's not doing it for the cameras. Oh, no. He's just doing it to be himself. So that's what's so funny about it. So, yeah. so um, you know, if I don't know if you're a predictions guy. I'm, I'm – Really not. I mean, I do it every, you know, I do it every year. This year I balked at the idea because I had an idea of the Bears being about a seven and nine, eight and eight team before the Mac trade. And, but I don't know what to make of the Bears with Khalil Mack on the team now. So, I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where I wouldn't be surprised no matter how the season goes because, like you, I, I think the Bears are a year away from being a serious contender. Or at least I did before Mac came into the picture. For sure, that's how yeah. I felt. Now with Khalil Mack in there, I'm not sure what to think. And so, I mean, where did you have the Bears before the trade? Did you have that record changing at all? Did he move the needle at all when he came in? Yeah, I think um, I, I was kind of in the same boat as you. Seven and nine sounded about right to me. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of where I had the Lions, too. Um, honestly, as I kind of had the, the two teams kind of moving in opposite directions. The Bears, you know, on on a, a slow incline. Sure. Detroit kind of kind of moving down downwards a little bit, but um, yeah, I've got I've got them adding at least a win to that. You know, I see a I see this as a 500 team at at, at least. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go nine and seven. I would be surprised still if they end up, you know, as with double digit wins and as, as either a wild card team or, or really, 
you know, fighting for for the NFC North title between, you know, make making it a three way fight with with Green Bay and Minnesota. Sure. But that said, um, you know, like like I said, I th- I think this this is very feasibly an eight and eight nine and seven team right now. Um, that's that's a year away from being a bona fide division contender, and right. um, you know, and and making a a little bit of a playoff run. So that's yeah, that's that's where I'm seeing it right now. Well, I mean, the the only thing that's kind of working against any of the teams in our division is that we play in the NFC mm-hmm. right now. I mean, I was listening Which is to a stacked. <laughs> it is ab- and then that's what that's what so I was going to say is that yeah. I, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today, and a guy said, "You know what, man? Looking at the NFC, you could make a legitimate case for like ten teams in the NFC yep. making a run at the Super Bowl this year. Ten, mm-hmm. you know, two thirds of the NFC could make a run at the Super Bowl this year. And you look on the AFC side, the conversation is New England, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville." Like that's it right now. And if you want to get really cocky or really crazy, you throw in an, uh, a Chargers or a Chiefs yep. uh, in there. But basically, the conversation is New England, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and the whole Le'Veon Bell thing has put Pittsburgh into question. So, right. like they've they've almost kind of fallen off because of it. But it's like on the NFC side, you got Philadelphia that looks as just as stacked, if not more. The Rams are insane on mm-hmm. paper. You know, what's going to happen with uh, San Francisco, with Garoppolo and all? I mean, not that they're going to be contenders, but, you know, they should be better than they were a year ago. You got all the moves that the Bears made, then you throw Khalil Mack in there. That certainly mixes things up a bit. Aaron Rodgers healthy coming back. Minnesota adding Kirk Cousins to what they already had. I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make, but people seem to think that's a big deal. I'm with and, you. I'll, I'll just yeah. throw that out there. But Yeah, yeah. And, but it's like – and then three playoff teams out of the NFC South last year. It's, it's crazy the way that the NFC looks. The, the, the only thing working against all these teams in the NFC is that they're in the NFC. It's like will there be anything left of an NFC team when they make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah. This year, having to run the gauntlet of hell that they're going to have to get through in order to get there. It's going to be crazy how the Super Bowl is going to ma- uh, happen uh, this year. If the NFC team will be able to manage uh, winning it this year because of the beating they'll have to take in order to make it there. For sure. And I think one of the things, too, that at least in the North that helps out is the fact that every team in the NFC North should go three and one against their AFC teams or better. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There, There's no reason any of these four teams in the North should lose to the jets the bills or the dolphins as far as i'm concerned right um if if any one of those happens you know that that's got to be a disappointment so right there um you know you pick up three wins you've got your all your divisional games um you've got winnable games against you know arizona and and seattle out in the nfc west um i i definitely think the schedule sets up better this year for um for the north teams than it did a year ago and i think that's going to help you know, a couple of these teams bounce back and and kind of you know inch up the standings a little bit better. And I think that's part of the reason too why I had um, you know I, I feel better about Chicago being a you know a 500 maybe a little above 500 team. Um, there is a little bit more advantageous schedule. You don't have um, you know you, you don't have Pittsburgh on the schedule. You don't have some of the the NFC East teams that um, that were I think I think it was the East that was on the schedule last year. I'm sorry, it was. It was the South. Last it was the year. South. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Last year, you, you you played the South, and you had three playoff teams right there in, in that division that you were playing against. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. It's it's so tough to project schedules from year to year because there's right. there's so many changes. Um, you know, 
draft picks and the, the parody of this league and everything. Um, but but even so, I think um, I, I actually ran a piece this week at, at Acme Packing Company that talked about strength of schedule, and it was looking at football outsiders and how they're projecting forward uh, for this year. And based on their projections for 2018, uh, the Packers and Bears are down in like the, the high to mid-20s in terms of strength of schedule, where last year they were 1-2. and two. So that wow. that I think will definitely um, you know be a a little bit of a help to to both of both of our teams moving forward here this year. Yeah, I mean, and it also kind of goes back to the conversation that we had over the summer. I mean, everybody that I talked to from the division this year, and you know, um, Jeremy Reisman from from Pride of Detroit and Chris Gates from from the Daily Norseman. You know, we all had I had a conversation with all three of you about the NFC North possibly being the best division yep. in football uh, this year. And, and, and the, 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 prob- the, the one thing working against all four teams is that they share the division with the other three yep. uh, this year. It's like I think all four teams are out for blood this year. Everybody made moves that made their teams better, whether you know Minnesota getting, getting Cousins, you know, uh, locking down Aaron Rodgers, going out and getting Jerry, uh, um, Jimmy Graham, uh, the Lions with the new head coach. They signed LeGarrette Blunt, and it you know, looks like they're trying to get more get trying to get better on defense which they should since they got a defensive minded coach and whatnot and then god forbid all the things that the bears did as well every one of these teams on paper is better than they were a year ago and everyone is like i said out for blood and but they've got to play each other twice this year you know it just seems like that's unfortunate for those teams they're going to beat the hell out of each other this year yeah it's uh it's going to be a bloodbath and you know i i I'm looking at the the Packers schedule here and for whatever it's worth, it's, it's at least a little bit reassuring that the divisional games are spread out for us this year. You know, we've got the bears and Vikings back to back in the beginning of the season. And, you know, we've got bears lions in weeks 15 and 17, but kind of in the middle we're we're, we're more spread out. Um, and we don't have a, a big cluster of games late in the season. Like we've had the last couple of years where, you know, it's back to back to back, and and I'm I'm grateful for that this year that there's um there's some winnable games there early, and there's some winnable games on the schedule late out of the division that I think is gonna um you know is gonna set up well for the Packers as far as the the flow of the season schedule goes. Yeah, I think the Bears have something similar, or was it because like last year, five of our the in the last eight games of the season we had five division games. Yeah, like the the one division game we had in the first eight weeks was a Monday nighter against Minnesota, which just so happened to be Trubisky's debut uh, as a quarterback. But uh, as a starter, we got you guys week one. No, actually, they kind of screwed us again. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing you, Lions, you week Vikings, one. Lions back to back to back. Week yeah, 10, 11, and then 12. we don't play another division game until yeah. week ten. So they yeah, did it they to us did again. Backloaded this year. again. <laughs> yeah, they backloaded us big time. So, and I think maybe that's what it was when I looked at the schedule is that we've got a lot of important football that we're going to be cool. playing on the back half of the schedule. Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit. Those three games are also happening inside of 11 days because that second game against Detroit the is Thursday on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, that's Thanksgiving a, day. That's, that's Thanksgiving. Right. Yep. And then after a game against the Giants, okay, who knows what that, you know, maybe Saquon might be in full form by then, but who knows. The last four games are home for the Rams, home for the Packers, at San Francisco, at Minnesota. And if the Rams and the, the 49ers are who we think they might be this year, those last four games suck that's for the be Bears. That's really tough. Yeah. You know, that's it's a, like that's granted. A rough end of that season schedule. Yeah, you got the Rams. 
um, you know, who on paper are probably the best team in football right now. Just bananas looking at them on paper. You got the Packers, which is always a tough game for the Bears, no matter what. Then at San Francisco, what will Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers look like week 16? And then at Minnesota to close out the year for the third freaking year in a row. Thank you very much. But, you know, it's like those four games are – those are teams that are all expected to have something to say about the playoffs at that point in the year when they're going to have to bring their A game. Nobody's going to be able to sit a, sit a game out at that point in the season, a very important stretch, and, and that's what the Bears are looking at the last month of the season. Yep. Yeah, you, you can pick – Compare that to the Packers' final five games. You've got a home game against Arizona. You figure that should be a winnable game. Um, sure. We finally get Atlanta at home again. You know, we'll see what happens there. Atlanta's obviously, you know, they made the playoffs a year ago, won a playoff game. But um, at home, I feel I feel pretty good about that game on paper right now. Then you've got the game at the Bears in Week 15. Then we play at the Jets uh, December 23rd, and then a home Man. game against the Lions. Which I'll I'll just say this: I'm I'm glad that. We finally play the Lions at home in Week 17 because we played them in Ford Field for a couple of years. Um, I think two or three years out of the last four, I think we've played them at Ford Field in that Week 17 game. So it'll be nice to get them out on the uh, on the tundra at Lambeau for that that final game and hopefully be a um, you know be a little bit of a, a catapult into the the postseason if if all goes well. God, I'm so jealous of that last five games. <laughs> well, and and I know we talked about it before, but the, the middle part of that schedule is is what's going to kill the Packers. Um, sure, you know, you coming out of the bye in week seven, you've got at the Rams on Sunday afternoon, at the Patriots Sunday night, home for the Dolphins, then at Seattle on a Thursday night, and at Minnesota on Sunday night. Ooh, uh, that is tough. That's, yeah, that is that's brutal. That that five game stretch, if they can get out of that with with two wins. Um, I mean, that's, that's doable. If you can find yeah. a way to, to, to win three out of those five games, that tells me that this team is, is going to be destined for big things come the postseason. Sure. I think that that's going to be the defining stretch of the season for Green Bay. All right. So Evan, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up now. Um, appreciate having you back and, and look forward to, uh, wrangling you back on the show, uh, in week 15 when we'll have a lot of these questions answered by then you know to, to see what the what the division race looks like did the bears become the team that they were building themselves to be was the return of aaron Rodgers everything that you hoped it would be is jimmy graham being the target you guys are paying him uh to be are those young corners of yours paying off or are they still wet behind the ears all that kind of stuff is Petten's defense working for you better than capers was and, and, and all that kind of stuff we'll, we would have all these questions answered with only two games left to play after we see each other uh week 15 i look forward to that conversation as do I. It should be a, a fun season. Um, like you said, we'll have we'll have quite a bit of, of time, and we'll learn a lot about both our teams by the next time we talk. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so Sunday night, man. I'm super excited. Uh, I wish, in, in a lot of ways, I wish it wasn't Green Bay. In a lot of ways, I'm thrilled uh, <laughs> that it is. Because what yep. better way to start off the year, man? Sunday night football, Bears, Packers, man, let's get to it. And, and, and get, get it, uh, just get after it, man. I can't wait to... Uh, can't wait to see it you know and um if nothing else like you know like we talked about earlier about how a lot of Packer fans are being condescending and kind of brushing off the Khalil Mack trade well now the Khalil Mack's a bear he sucks he's terrible now. <laughs> so it's like you know of course if, if Green I mean you talked about how you know we mentioned before how you know you kind of felt a little bit of a of a twinge when you heard Khalil Mack was going to be a bear instead of mm -hmm. a Packer uh if that had gone against me 
we wouldn't be having this conversation because I'd be roped up somewhere. I'd be <laughs> hanging from a tree. Because it, cause that would have been the defensive equivalent of adding an Adrian Peterson or a Barry Sanders to your team. Okay, yep. it's like when when the when the Lions drafted Sanders, when the when the Vikings drafted Peterson, I was like, well, that guy's going to be kicking our ass for the next decade. You just know it. Yep. And sure enough, the, those guys both had careers that uh, you know were a thorn in both our teams' side for several years. And I just know that if Khalil Mack had become a Packer, this Sunday would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare just because it would be because that's the way it goes when the bear when it doesn't go for the bears and and now that it has we're all interested to see how it's going to shake out and to see if he'll be the thorn in your side that I have no doubt he would have been in ours if the Green Bay Packers have been able to pull off that trade so it would have made me sick to see him in those colors almost as much as it would have been to, I mean actually more than to see Peppers wearing a Green Bay yeah uniform that was. Uh, that yeah, was gross. I, I imagine that had to have been pretty pretty tough to take. And you know, I remember when when he signed with with Chicago um, originally, and and it wasn't quite to the same level that that Mac being traded. You know, it, it I don't think it had quite the impact. And and part of that was probably again because Green Bay wasn't necessarily in on Peppers, and right. it didn't it didn't feel like we had something snatched away from us. Um, and and given to Chicago instead. So I think that right there is, is probably part of the reason why um, a lot of Packers fans reactions was to, to lash out and, and be, be angry and be frustrated because, Oh crap, we, we thought we were getting this and, and yeah. now to have it taken away. I think that that might be part of the, the, the reason for, for some of the reactions that you've been seeing, but no, sure. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, the, these guys duke it out for, like you said, the next six, seven years, um, yeah. you know, both both Rogers and Mac being signed up, you know, through what is it, twenty twenty three, I think, something um, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, it'll be fun, and and I will say it's going to put a premium on finding a replacement for Brian Belaga in the next year or two because um, I think his I think his contract is up after next season, and the Packers need to find an, an heir to to him on the right side. And if they don't, then then Mac is really gonna gonna cause some problems in Green Bay. So one last thing before I let you go, have you seen the video of the? It was it was like a Packer fan kind of sitting at his computer, reading the headlines about the kind of going chronicling the whole Khalil Mac thing. Have you seen that video? I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's that. he's he's this little like skinny guy sitting at his computer. It's like and and the first subtitle is like three weeks ago, and he's like the Raiders are possibly going to trade Khalil Mack, and he's like ah, what a bunch of clickbait crap. And then a week <laughs> later, it's you know possibly the you know the possibly the 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 Packers uh, could be you know a destination for Khalil Mack, and he's like, well you know I guess well we do have or no it was. Oakland wants two first round picks for Mac. So of course he's like, well, we have, we have two, two first, first round picks, but he's like, ah, forget. They're not going to trade him anyway. So why the hell are we even talking about this? And then it's like a week later, a one week before the trade, the Packers are in talks to acquire Khalil Mack. He freaks out. He's like, we're going to make this happen. Oh my God. Khalil Mack on one side, Aaron Rodgers on the other. He's like screaming to his wife, we're going to win the Super Bowl, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, it goes from him freaking out to all of a sudden his shoulders are slumped. His eyes are his eyes are wide. His mouth is open. The Bears sign. Oh Khalil man! Mack. 
and he just goes into a panic. He's like calling his wife to like pack up the house or something like that. It's you got to look for it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I think know, I just found really it. Funny. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check this yeah. out when we're. When he we're guys goes through this whole range of emotions. Like at first, he's like, ah, what a bunch of crap. He's like, why are they even talking about? It? They're not gonna trade him. That's ridiculous. I mean, who thought they were gonna trade him? I was like, this is. I was like, it's fun to talk about. I'm, I was with him. It's like this is a bunch of clickbait. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the dead point of the preseason. These guys need something to write about. So this is what we're talking about. They're Oakland's. It's bananas that they actually traded him, and then it actually happened. And my team just happened to be the beneficiary of it, which is just crazy. But that video is like sixty seconds to sum in, to sum up the last four weeks in sixty <laughs> seconds. It's hilarious. You got to check it out. I so. will definitely take a look. Evan Western, thanks so much for being the first guest on the new Bears Talk Underground. I appreciate you uh, coming along and talking Bears Packers. I, I can't wait to see this game. Uh, hopefully everybody comes out healthy, and I hope you lose like dogs on Sunday night. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that last point, but as always, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and you know I have to do it, so go Pack Go. There you go. Evan Western, Acme Packing Company, uh, SB Nation, helping us preview week one of the NFL season between our Bears and the Green Bay Packers. I want to thank Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company being the first guest on the new Bears Talk Underground. Look forward to talking to him Prior to week 15, when, like I said, we'll have a lot of those questions answered about what our football teams ended up being, who lived to the potential, who crushed under the pressure, all of that other kind of stuff. Really looking forward to that conversation to see where we're at. Very interested to see how it all pans out. And, and you know, will these teams be beaten up because we're playing in the toughest division in all of football? And, uh, or, or will that just be something that we thought we might see and, and, and it just didn't have worked out that way uh, with the division? We'll have to wait and see uh, on that. But looking forward to that and very, very much looking forward to this game uh, on Sunday. Can't wait to see what this new-look Chicago Bears football team looks like. Now that we finally get to see him play, they, Nagy's got no choice. He's got to play them all, you know what I'm saying? He's got to put them out there. Anxious to see what the boys look like when they get to work and uh, how will they be able to handle the spotlight that is Sunday night football, uh, playing in the, the, the first night of the 100th season of, uh, of Green Bay Packer football in Lambeau, you know, Will Nagy continue the apparent tradition? I just found out this week um, that uh, the last four or five Bears head coaches have won their first trip to Lambeau. So no pressure. You know, even a even a turd like Tressman won his first game uh, in Lambeau, that Monday night game in, in 2013. That's the game that Shea McClellan made the only meaningful tackle he's ever made in his career when he sacked Aaron Rodgers and broke his collarbone. Um, you know, made it pretty easy for the Bears to win from there on out. But, uh, you know, and of course, John Fox's first trip to Lambeau was the Thursday night game, the last time that Green Bay requested uh, to play the Bears in a certain situation. So we'll see if it goes like Evan and I talked about, where it's like, you know, did the Packers jinx themselves because they made this request? They wanted to play the Bears on this night of all nights uh, or anything like that. Nonetheless, man, it's Bears-Packers. It's the opener for 2018. Uh, just throw out the rest of it. You know, Forget about the Khalil Mack situation and all the new 
you know, toys like the shiny new toys, like I called them in the open. It's Bears Packers. It's week one. You know, this is what we've been waiting for since the closing, the closing bell on the 2017 season. You know, like I, like I was talking about when when we had uh, when we started the conversation with uh, with Evan. Every move that the Bears made in this offseason just made me and I'm sure you uh, among, you know, among everyone else just made us anticipate this game or the start of this season more and more. First with Nagy, your interest is peaked. You know, is he the better choice than, you know, than Fox? Will he be able to bring the offensive innovation that we really could have used, some of the creativity and and so on? Then free agency, we add an Allen Robinson, a Taylor Gabriel, a Trey Burton. Oh, man, watch out now. You know what I'm saying? Then the draft comes, Roquan Smith, ooh, that's an interesting piece to a defense that's already good. And then we throw in a James Daniels to help shore up the offensive line. And then we throw in an Anthony Miller on top of that, yet another target for Trubisky to throw the football to, along with what is seemingly an improved Kevin White and Javon Wims, who just willed himself onto the 53-man roster. It's getting interesting out there. And then, of course, the cherry on top being the Khalil Mack trade uh, over the weekend, which, as I said a couple of times talking to Evan, has me absolutely frothing at the mouth now just to be able to see what this team looks like. So it'll be hard to temper expectations, especially if the Bears come out and win this game. Hard to think that the tide hasn't turned, you know, in, in the division. And I, I'm just I'm just want to get the game underway and see it like right now the thursday night game the the season kickoff game between the falcons and the, and the eagles is going on and it's just got me more and more anxious to watch the game on sunday night i absolutely cannot wait to sink my teeth uh into this one so what do the bears need to do to win this thing it's simple the same thing that we would have to do to win any game against green bay we have to stop and and or contain Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he is the steam that drives the engine for Green Bay, period. Not knowing what Mike Pettin's going to bring to the table with his defense, will those young corners be able to, to cover Robinson and Gabriel and Burton and, and, and Miller and, and Javon Wims and, uh, you know, uh, Deion Sims and all that kind of stuff? Will they be able to manage, uh, you know, t- getting after – I mean, how much of an impact is Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen going to have on the game now that we actually have receivers that our opponents have to respect? You know what I'm saying? Nobody's worried uh, about uh, Dontrell Inman, all due respect, or Kendall Wright or uh, whoever else the Bears, Trey McBride and Tanner Gentry. Nobody was worried about those guys. You know, no one was worried about them. But they'll have to worry about the guys that we have out there at at least initially coming into this game they're gonna have to worry about an Allen Robinson they're gonna have to worry about a speedy guy like Taylor Gabriel they're gonna have to worry about a Trey Burton who in his very limited time on the field with Trubisky has emerged as Trubisky's favorite target you know I mean Trubisky was finding him all over the place and you've seen clips all throughout training camp of him and Trubisky constantly hooking up he's always finding Burton and Burton is always seemingly open you know how much of a difference will that make and and like I said going back to Jordan Howard how much is that going to help him this year when he won't be facing eight nine-man boxes every single snap you know that there there won't be much of an opportunity you won't be able to do that against this team or at least one would think 
Anyway, with the tools that we now have to throw the football, you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to respect the pass. Even if you don't necessarily respect Trubisky, you got to respect the weapons. You got to cover those guys. You can't leave them open. So how much of an impact will that have now that we have the tools that we most definitely did not uh, a year ago? But on the defensive side, I mean, with that being the question mark uh, of, you know, question mark versus question mark with when the Bears play offense and the Packers play defense, don't really know what to expect from either side there. But our defense, for the most part, we know what to expect from them. How much of an impact will Khalil Mack have on that defense? How much of Rokon Smith will we see? Those are the two real big question marks. Everything else we really know. Akeem Hicks is a load. Eddie Goldman is a stud. You know, I guess the other question would be, would, would, would Roy Robinson-Harris or Jonathan Bullard, will they be able to live up to the expectation and make some noise on that side? How will Leonard Floyd be limited by the club that he's got to wear on that broken hand of his uh, and everything else? But if we can pretty much guess what we're going to see from the defense, and we need that defense to limit Aaron Rodgers as much as humanly possible so the Packers go where Rodgers goes if we contain him if we get after him if Khalil Mack personally introduced himself to Rodgers a couple of times throughout the evening uh, via sack and just overall pressures and contact should be an interesting night for us I think that will definitely keep us uh, in the game so I mean I'm, I like I said I, I can't wait can't wait to see it all happen. I can't wait to hear what these knee-jerk reactions are going to sound like uh, this week. Uh, what is the review episode going to sound like? Is it going to be a happy victory Monday that we're going to have um, when we return? Or will it be a aw shucks kind of thing? Or will it be a 45-minute profanity-laced tirade like it was after Week 10 when we blew that game against the Brett Hundley led green bay packers we'll have to wait and see you guys come on back on monday night and uh i'll let you know we'll talk about it and hash it all out when the bears when we review the bears and packers game for week one so until then my name is larry d and thanks so much for listening to the debut episode of the bears talk underground Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.